On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I break down the sense of urgency that is so important for the Sixers and this Game 6 matchup against the Raptors on the road in Toronto, Canada. It's a big one. We discuss it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hey, welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97 Fathers Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, as always, Keith Pompey of the Inquirer.com. Sixers beat writer Keith in Toronto, Canada. What's happening, man? What's good, man? What's good? North of the border, bro. <laughs> One more time. And you didn't want to do it. I mean, we didn't want you there, but there you are back in six. One more time. I know. One more. <laughs> One more. One more time, man. Nah, man, this is what? Game number five in Toronto? Yeah, two games during the regular season, two last week, and now you get this one here tonight. So five trips We had a preseason. We had a preseason game. Oh, that's right, the preseason. So game number six here in Toronto, man. Well, listen, we got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On 76 is free and available on all platforms, including right here where you can see us and you can look at us and you can dissect us and talk about us in the comments however you want to right here on Locked On 76ers for YouTube. Keith, uh, yesterday I uh, had a chance to uh, go to practice as you did before you boarded the plane to get to Toronto. And Doc Rivers talked about a lot of things uh, pre-post practice. And one of the things that he spoke about was the sense of urgency that was there for this team uh, playing with the energy and the urgency that is needed in this game against the Toronto Raptors. What do you make of that? And why is it so important? Of course, game six, I think it kind of tells the story right there in it, but there is a big sense of urgency for this one. So we don't get a game seven. I mean, you're right. You're right. And, and, you know, and I agree with them. I mean, we, we talk about it and, you know, for people who, who saw the Sixers, they played with a sense of urgency in game one and in game two. You know, game three, they were a little bit sluggish, but they were able to come back, right? Um, I feel like after they went up 3-0, it was kind of went back to a little bit complacency, like, like we're about yeah. to close out, we're this and that. And it sounds it may sound simple, but the energy that they played with those first two games, I mean, they just destroyed the other team. And I think that that's what he's talking about. They got to come out and they got to play as if this is – Excuse my French, but this is the super, not French, but it's like it's the Super Bowl. You only get one chance, like game seven, one opportunity, one chance to show what they can do. So, you know, I agree with Doc 100%. Everyone, Joel, he has to play as if, guess what? Yeah, my hand hurts, but I'm going I'm to be off for the next four months after this game. One of those type things. Right. So I get it. I get it. No, I do too, because you're right, man. We've talked about it plenty. And but it was it was good to hear the coach say that. Now now they have to follow up with it. And they're saying it publicly. Danny Green he spoke as well. He had a chance to express his thoughts on some things, answer some questions, talked about how again matching. We heard in the beginning of the series matching their intensity. But what we saw was we we saw the Sixers being the aggressor 
and Toronto having to match their intensity because they were the ones that had that sense of urgency and the energy that was there. Toronto was just playing free and playing loose and no care in the world right now because they're not supposed to beat the 76ers, even though it's an even pick them four or five series. They weren't supposed to beat the Philadelphia 76ers, as we've talked about with the MVP, James Harden, that trade coming down, a second all-star, the emergence of, of Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris playing solid basketball. But just as the team overall, one that has been at the top of the Eastern Conference for a majority of the season, Toronto Raptors weren't supposed to beat the 76ers. But because of the style of play, the matchup in general, a lot of prognosticators said that Toronto could beat the Sixers. You picked them in to beat them. I had the Sixers and seven, but what we saw was a close series. But as it has turned out, it didn't need to turn out to be the close series that we thought it was based on how it eventually uh, kicked off with a three nothing advantage by the Sixers. And they took their foot off the gas. We talk about it a lot in game where the point total drops. They're up 20. Next thing you know, the team is back in the game. Maybe they put it, they're taking their foot off the gas. As you said, gotten a little complacent in the moment while the Raptors ramped it up a little bit because they're playing free and loose as Doc Rivers, to quote him, or Danny Green. I don't remember which one it said. Sorry, guys. One of you said it. Free and loose in this game, in this series, where they're right back in it with this 3-2 on their home floor tonight. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that, and, and that's what it is. They got to do that. They got to bring that bring the hammer, so to speak. Um, that way it would also quiet the crowd. It will, uh, doubt would start um, seeping in, so to speak. So, yeah, I, I agree 100% with Doc said. And, and look, no Fred Van Vliet at least. He's still doubtful for the game. We'll see by, by game time. He'll be a, a decision game time at that point to see where he is. But, Keith, this is the time. This is it, right? You don't want to come back home for a game seven. The only time you want to be back home with Miami now already knocking off the Atlanta Hawks, you want to be back home for game number three uh, for the second round matchup. You do not want to come back for game seven here in Philadelphia. So they have a lot to do tonight and we hope that they come out and start off the game fast and, and quick and under better control where they're protecting the basketball. That sense of urgency and energy is very important. We also need to talk about and this is this this podcast today, Keith, is a lot of what they had to say, um, you, you know, during their post-practice session. And a lot of it, again, was pace and space. So we'll get to the pace and space conversation of it all for the Sixers when we get back right here, Locked On 76ers. Yeah, we're going to talk about pace and space, but also I want to talk to y'all about Bet Online, right? You know, bet online is a thing that right now the playoffs are in, 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 on, you know, in full swing. You know, you have uh, Major League Baseball. You have a lot of other sports, right? So what you need to do is you just go to bet online and you can just, you know, wager. You can bet on any game you want. You know, for me, there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's bet online. So what you need to do is sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. So that's something that you can do. But I'm telling you, man, like D knows I watch games if I'm not falling asleep, but I watch games. I do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I'm not really a betting man, but I'm always like paying attention to lines and everything like that because it tells you a little bit about it. But like I said, what you need to do is, Go to Bet Online 
Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. I'm telling y'all, do it today, people. Do it today. Welcome back here on the uh, Locked On 76ers podcast. Make sure it's your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. The nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Keith, I don't think they turned the lights off on me here in, 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 the, in the office. So <laughs> you see what you get to see. That's it. But um, listen, man, uh, the pace and the space uh, of the game uh, it seems like the advantage has gone to the Toronto Raptors. The 76ers agree with that. And Doc Rivers sp- spoke about it as well yesterday post-practice. And when we sp- talk about the pace in the space, that's when we get to the transition opportunities. They get out more uh, quickly. It, Toronto does. When the ball is coming out of the out of the uh, net after a mate, they're running and pushing the pace and getting up the floor. They're pushing it. They're trying to control the pace where the game is, again, uh, where they want it to be. And the Sixers need to turn that around and not to conform with what they are doing. And again, try to get them back like we saw in games one and two, back at it one more time, playing the way the 76ers want to play. The pace needs to be better. And in the half court set, the spacing needs to be better for the shooters to get their looks, for your drivers and Maxi and Harden to get to the basket, and obviously for Embiid to work quicker with the basketball to get some easier buckets. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, they they have to, you know, get it out there. Because, see, what they're doing is they're slowing it down. And and by them slowing it down, it basically, um, you know, takes the ball out of their hands. Like, they're doing a 24-second shot clock. That's a possession that the Sixers are losing. You know, they're just slowing it up. So I agree with you, um, you know, uh, 100%. And then another thing is, like you said, Maxi, it takes the ball out of his hands. Like he gets out and go. He needs to do that. But it's tough to do that when when basically, um, you know, you're you're the only person. I mean, it's tough to do that when they slow the ball down. And like, here's the deal. They're playing with four power forwards in the shooting guard. Yeah. If you do that, you don't want to get into a track meet with a bunch of guards or athletic guys. You know what I mean? So. um you know, I, I agree 100%. Now, the one thing is, the one thing is typically, uh, you know, typically teams like to get out and run against the Sixers because they want to tire, um, you know, Joel and um, they want to tire uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like the banging, the pounding, all that other stuff was just basically working out well for them, right? Um, but it's, it's, it's one of those deals where I think that the 76ers, their best bet, you know, they just got to keep running. I mean, you got to tire. Like if Joel gets tired, what you do is you, you see B-ball Paul, you'll say, hey, Paul, you know what? We're going to need you keep running to the rim. Just do whatever. And if, and if they if, if it's one of those things where um, the 76ers, like, you know, they make a couple mistakes. They do this and that. I think you just have to live with it because you know that's Tyrese's game. You know, Tobias Harris is a is a pretty good athletic power forward. You know, he gets out there. He does certain things. He, uh, you know, he, he he plays well. He's more of 
a mobile for than he is like a, a half court type of guy. So with that being said, you know, that allows him to be able to get in his space, get his spots and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, the 76ers, they, they, they benefit a lot from that. They, they really do. Um, now, D, the one thing that I also want to talk about is when you get, let's say, a guy like, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's say uh, Danny Green. You know, sometimes you think that, hey, maybe us running all the, all the time and doing this and doing that, maybe that might hinder him because he's an older guy. But I, yep. I, I think that he can get out and run too. I mean, maybe not to the like, but in regards to like trailing, he's fine. Yeah, he can trail, he can get to those spots. But to your point, when you're running like that, his spacing is important, and especially in the transition. He'll find, he'll hash, you know, he'll hit each hash on the east side or run to the corner and find his spot. And Danny Green is pretty good at that. So I, I agree with you, man, that, that pacing is really important with what uh, they do. And obviously to get Joel Embiid some easier looks. And he'll get his, he'll get the double teams, all those things will come his way. But um, for them to have that spacing, for him to operate, and they're not collapsing as quickly. Uh, because they can't leave. And if they have that deep recover, maybe the their teammate will pick up some of the slack and they'll just rotate defensively and get back to help out their man. But there are a lot of ways, of course, James Harden getting his opportunities. While he's not blowing by anybody, he can still get past them or get them on his hip or his back and still get a shot off. They're athletic. They can recover and block it. But they might he might also draw that foul. Tyrese Maxey, we know. When he has that ball in that space and he's able to use that speed, use his angles, he can absolutely get some shots off as well. And uh, that'll all work out for the 76ers. So the pacing, the spacing, as Doc Rivers talked about, really, really important in this game as well because right now it seems like the better team in doing it has been the Toronto Raptors. And you also mentioned a really good point too. When they're bleeding the shot clock the way that they're doing, getting it down to 22, that's just taking – Naturally, it's just taking time off where the Sixers will not have the possession. And if they get a quick shot off, then again, Toronto's coming down now and they're just bleeding the shot clock again, Mm -hmm. trying to get a much better shot. So the pacing, spacing, I'm glad that that they said it. And it wasn't just us talking about it. I'm glad that they said it because it is really important. And, you know, just forget about the numbers. We see what we see when we watch the game. And clearly you can see that they're more comfortable with how the pace of the game is going, the lack of space for the Sixers, the turnovers that are being caused with those spacing. And while they'll get shots off, they'll get shots off. They need to make sure that they have operated the right way, executed properly. The spacing is there for them to get it done the way that they need to. Keith, on our final episode, our final, uh, not episode, it's not a final episode, it shouldn't be. On our final um, segment there, we need to talk about something else that Doc Rivers talked about. When we speak about James Harden, he laid it out perfectly for us, the amount of possessions that his point guard, the percentage that his point guard has in each game. And while it's not a problem, it's a problem what's happening with the percentage of possessions that James Harden has for the 76ers. We'll get to that next right here, Locked On. 76ers. And I got to tell you, folks, 
about the great Built Bar. Been telling you about it, uh, and I hope you guys have taken a little bit of what we've been saying and going out there checking out the Built Bar. 100% real chocolate. You can replace your candy bar, your pastries, whatever it is that you eat on the go. A lot of us, we're busy, whether it's work, kids, school, we're on the go. If you're playing some athletics and you, you want to get something in your system and, and not have an, an empty stomach, but still, you know, not putting too much on you, the Built Bar is the way to go. They have the puffs. They are, in, uh, they are very good. They're protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They are coming in different flavors from yummy cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and for this month, the new white chocolate cookies and cream, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein compared to 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs from a candy bar. You'll be blown away by how this looks when you check out Built.com and scroll down to the macro chart about the protein, the low calories, high fiber, and low carbs. I encourage you, please go check it out. I've done this. All the Built Bars are covered once again in 100% uh, real chocolate, including the puffs, so don't worry about it. Compare them to your candy bar. You'll love it. They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all of the time. If they can think of a flavor that might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. So go ahead. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order using promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, welcome back. And Keith, this one really got you. <laughs> the, we looked at each other when Doc Rivers said it after the fact. We were there and we looked at each other and it was, whoa, I didn't realize it was that much. He mentioned how James Harden possessed the basketball more than anybody in an offensive possession for the Sixers. And the number was startling, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was startling. Why it's important uh, for them to get this right when it comes to how much James Harden possesses the basketball. Yeah, I mean, the number is 63% of the time <laughs> that the Sixers had the ball, James Harden had it 63% of the, in his hands, 63% of the time. And the thing about it that I really liked it, you know, I said it's, it's good that they get it right. But the one thing that I liked that Doc Rivers said was because, you know, he was asked, do you want him to be more aggressive? And he said, yes, but that doesn't mean just shooting the ball. And I'm right. like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Doc. Because the deal is we all talked about it. You know, James right now, his shot isn't really meshing the way it should be, but he's a heck of a facilitator. And with that being said, like, you know, he can set everyone up. He can do a lot of different things. And I think that that's where his aggressiveness, aggressiveness is going to come from or the Sixers are going to benefit from because, you know, and he has to do a lot of things, man. He has to do the bounce passes. He has to zip the ball to people. He got to do a lot of other things and just going out there and people thinking we're going to see ISO uh, James, boom, 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 boom. Nah, that's not working right now. So he has to get more people involved. Something else that Doc Rivers said was, you know, he's playing with better teammates. Yeah. Which is true. 
Like, so that's why it, 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 you don't like it, it's not good to do all that. It's best for him to get more guys involved, you know? And it's I, not necessary. It's not, yeah, it's not necessary. Well, and, right. and the thing is, like, you know, here's the deal like, it's not necessary, but also when you look at it, you say to yourself, like, there's no ball movement. This is a team that everybody, like, Tobias thrives with ball movement, people making the extra pass. Like he, you know, he's not one of those guys that stops and he fires it. He he passes it. He gives up a good shot for a great shot, but he also expects the same thing. And when you're doing boom, 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 everybody's just watching. They might as well just go back on D, right? right. So yeah, you're right. But uh, well, what's your opinions of it? No, I, I, at first I, I didn't realize the number was that high. At, you know, plus sixty percent that he's possessing the basketball. And look, he is a point guard, so you would think that he would have it a majority of the time, but you would also think that Joel Embiid is the one that is touching the basketball the most. But then I can also look at the other side when the double teams are coming, he's getting the ball out of his hands, and he's not a guard. So that that was that was interesting to me, and he is a facilitator, and he's really good at it. He needs to be a better scorer for them right now. Doc Rivers said it doesn't necessarily have to result for him into his direct points, but I do want to see a few more points, especially when it's calling for the situation, when it's calling for the moment where he can help out his teammates. When Embiid is struggling, if Maxi is struggling at this point and Danny Green is streaky and he's already heavily reliant on everyone else getting him the basketball, the one other player outside of Maxi that you can count on and is possessing the basketball is James Harden. So I, I, would, I would hope that he is not worried about and just get that out of his head that it doesn't have to be that bang, 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 and then make a move. It can be one dribble, two dribble, and then make a move because they're kind of expecting you to do that way because they've seen you for so many years, and that is part of your habit. That is part of your routine of how you do things. And the other part of it is when he's possessing it, He's possessing it for that long and that amount of time because of how long he's holding the basketball. If he does that, and I've talked about this, Keith, with you before, and, and the listeners as well, the viewers, getting to that mid-range spot and just hitting a jumper, the first two points of the game, he did that. He got to a spot, he pulled up, he nailed it. And that was encouraging to me because I thought that was something when we speak about the high-level play of he and Joel Embiid that he brought up and we talked about it again that's a high-level basketball play, understanding what the defense is giving you. They're trying to take away the three because they know what you do. The drive as well. Well, drive. Surprise them and pull up. Do it again. Do it again until they stop you, and then you have to then counter and find another way. But he has to continue to, while he moves the ball, he's averaging 10-plus assists in this series, he cannot possess it that much because it then gets stagnant, and the Raptors aren't working as hard. Yes, they're moving because the other players do have to move because of the actions that are being called for them to move, but they're not getting it. So at some point, they're like, all right, we done ran the play. Now what are we supposed to do? Because you still have the basketball. So, yeah, he needs to do that. And I want to point this last one out before we go. That one play that we talked about after game five, Keith, where Mm -hmm. Embiid had the ball about 33 feet away from the basket at the hash mark. He was waiting for Harden to come back. They were coming at us where we sit in the second half, and he's talking to Maxie in the corner trying to figure out whatever he thought the play was. 
Meanwhile, Embiid is calling for him to come back to get the basketball to run the play. So I, I hope that he's figuring out all the stuff that's out there since he's the point guard and knows mm-hmm. all the plays at this point uh, because it, it's important for them to, to be, again, one of the words I use after the loss was they weren't sharp. They need to be sharp. He's the point guard. He needs to make sure that they are sharp. Everything is crisp. The passing is precise. And they don't turn the basketball over. And a lot of that, a lot of that, especially when you're handling the ball, what, 63% of the time in the possessions that Mm -hmm. Doc Rivers is talking about? He has to be the one to make that change. As a veteran as well, when you have a young player like Tyrese Maxey who handles it a good amount of time as well. So uh, I don't know, Keith. If I had to put you on the spot, man, how do you feel about this game tonight as we talk about it right now? As we talk about it right now, I think the Sixers are going to win. I do. I mean, you know, uh, I I just feel like, you know, the Sixers are that team where whenever we always say, oh, they made it, they have arrived, then all of a sudden, wow, they, they they do a clunker. And right. then once everybody gets off the bandwagon, they like, hey, don't forget about us. We're back. <laughs> and I think this is one of those moments. I think that they were embarrassed the last game and they're going to come out. Be. Yeah, they should be. But they, I think they were and, and uh, they're going to come out and they're going to try. And they're going, I'm not going to say they're going to blow them out, but no. I'm winning this game. I do see. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I'll be honest, I still don't know. I still don't know how I feel. Uh, they left me uneasy after those last two games, specifically game five. I'm a little uneasy on, with how they played, how they attacked the moment that was presented to them. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we talk about it. I talk about it on the radio show. You call in and we talk about it off the air. We talk about it on this podcast. I'm a big believer of how things happen and how it happened has left me uneasy with how they've done things over the last two and specifically game five. So, I don't know, because this version of this team with James Harden as well, I don't know how to respond under pressure like this. And so I don't know. I don't know. So I I have no idea how it will all play out tonight. I hope they end it because uh, I want my Saturday off. (laughs) 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 Uh, And I I don't want to go to the arena for game number seven. I want to get ready for Monday in Miami and deal with that. I'm sure we'd have to probably go to practice on Saturday, but that's about it. Other than that, um, I, I don't know how I feel about the game tonight. Do I still, I still do believe that they are the better team and they're supposed to win this series, but the last three games, again, you can argue that the Raptors have played and taken control of this series with Embiid hitting that game-winning shot. Toronto had that game it seemed in hand for quite a bit the Sixers showed great resolve and they came back and won it um, but certainly games four and five they played they've been the better team in this series so I don't know I hope that the Sixers end it tonight and we're talking about this tomorrow a Sixers victory wiping our our brows and in, in our forehead and saying whoo that was tough now let's get ready for another tough series in round number two can't end this way Keith cannot end this way Nah, I can't. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. (laughs) Well, we got to thank everybody once again, as always, for thinking 
making Locked On 76 is your first listen every day and tomorrow on this episode on our Locked On 76 is our next episode. We'll recap the game. Hopefully we're talking about a Sixers victory where we're moving on to the next round uh, of the playoffs. The Sixers are and how things played out in game number six. And but for your next listen, your second listen, make sure it's Locked On NBA, Locked On Export experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And look, I want you guys to, uh, like my man said, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. But do yourself a favor. And out now, I ain't going to say that because that sounds kind of crazy. It sounds kind of <laughs> arrogant. But no, we would like for you guys to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Locked On 76ers YouTube. You know, yes, the podcast is great, listening in the car, doing a lot of other stuff. But this one, you get to see us and you get to see our facial expressions. You get to see us move from room to room when the scenery is when, when the lights go out. <laughs> when the lights go out. Yeah. So so do that. What you do is just uh, click on the Liberty Bell and, and subscribe to it and you'll get it five days a week, sometimes more, depending on when the Sixers play. Yeah, and uh, I've been in this office for many years, and I still don't know how to work the lighting in in this in, in the area. So, part my my mistake, folks. Again, this is live. This is what happens. The lights go out because they're sensor related, and I don't know how to turn them back on. But listen, Keith, thanks, man. Enjoy the game. Being in the arena tonight, the atmosphere is going to be nuts in there. I'll be back here holding it down in the city at the studio watching the game, getting ready for the pre and post game shows. And uh, we'll be back with everybody tomorrow, man. So hopefully you're coming back and uh, we're talking about Miami getting ready for the next series in round number two. Thanks, man. All right. See y'all. Peace. Appreciate y'all.